Easter or another Mother's Day. Yes, I do wear a suit on those three Sundays to celebrate the high celebrations and the high holidays of the church, which would be Easter, Christmas, and Mother's Day. So, what's that? Yeah, this is my gift. Father's Day is not a high holiday in the church. And I wear what I want on Father's Day. So, um, I want to turn our attention to Acts chapter 16 this morning. If you're using one of the chair Bibles, it's going to be on page 925. Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 10. And I want to describe to you a scenario that may be familiar to many of you. Some of you are familiar at both ends of this, but I want you to picture yourself as a teenager. And you're out with your friends, and it is getting close to curfew time, and you want to stay out a little longer. So you call home, about to ask your parents if you can stay out longer, and your mom picks up the phone, and your first question out of your mouth, is dad home? I need to talk to him. Why? Because, stereotypically, dad will be like, yeah, no, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. Stay a little longer. But why? Why do children, why do we, maybe some of you have a little guilt you need to confess right now, why do we pit one parent against the other? Because we want the answer that we want. And in our conniving little brains, we think of the best way to manipulate the situation to hear yes when we want to hear yes. We're not thinking necessarily about what's best. We're not thinking necessarily of what's right, but we want what we want, so we figure out the system. And for many of us, that was always asking for dad on the phone. But we don't want to hear no. We never like hearing no, let alone for our parents. But what happens when God says no? As we work through the book of Acts, some of the stories can sound very similar from one story to the next. And so what's important sometimes to do in your Bible reading is to look for the differences. Look for that little difference that separates one story from the next. And the little difference in our story today is that we have an example of the Holy Spirit saying no. And I want us to consider how do we respond, how do we live when we want something and the Holy Spirit says no. In looking in the story of Paul and him hearing no from the Holy Spirit, I want, to see, want us to see this big idea. And it's in, it's in your bulletins if you're following along in the outline we've provided. That we are to be obedient missionaries in the community to which the Holy Spirit has called us. And so as we turn to Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 6, we're going to see the first no 
from the Holy Spirit in verse 6. Follow along as I read. And they, that is Paul and Silas and Timothy and their missionary team, went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So as the story opens, we see Paul and his team traveling through this region of Galatia and Phrygia. And the reason that they're there is that they were on their way to Asia to share about Jesus, but the Holy Spirit says no. Now just as an aside, let me tell you a little bit about Asia here. Asia here does not refer to what we refer to as the continent of Asia, because that is a quite large place on the world. Check out a map to see how big it is. Um, But what this is referring to is the Roman province of Asia, part of the Roman Empire, located in what is today modern Turkey. So that's what he's talking about here. And they wanted to go there. They wanted to speak the word of God in this region of the world. But they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Now this might cause a little confusion because we might say, well, isn't what they wanted to do a good thing? And the answer is absolutely yes. It is always a good thing to go somewhere and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, that sinners can be made right with the God who created them by placing their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That is always a good idea. So it should seem odd to us that the Holy Spirit forbids them from doing it. To raise our eyebrows a little bit. And so they travel on. Because the Holy Spirit said, you can't go there. You can't go to Asia and do what you want to do. So let's see what happens when they continue on in verse 7. Because guess what? They're going to hear no again. And when they had come up to Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So they said to themselves, they had a little team meeting. They're like, well, we can't go into Asia. Let's go to this place called Bithynia. And they traveled there, and when they had come up to Mycenae, they attempted to get into Bithynia to share the gospel. But we read, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Again, this should cause us to scratch our heads a little bit. Aren't they doing what God has called them to do? And the answer is absolutely yes. But again, the Holy Spirit says no. We're not told a lot about the details of how they were prevented or how they were kept out of these places. But what is crystal clear is that it is the Holy Spirit preventing them from going to Bithynia. 
Now quickly, I want to say something about how the Holy Spirit is addressed in verse 7. It says, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. This is one of only two places in your entire Bible where the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of Jesus. The other place is Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. This tells us a couple things. One, it shows the full deity of Jesus Christ as a full person and member of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God in three persons. But it also reminds us of John chapter 14, verse 26, where Jesus says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And so in referring to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Jesus, one, it is the Spirit that all believers and followers of Jesus have, and it is the Holy Spirit who guides them as they proclaim the name of Jesus. But again, we come to this problem of why does the Holy Spirit keep saying no? They want to do a good thing. They want to do the thing that they should be wanting to do, but the Holy Spirit keeps saying no. So we have to ask why. And we find the answer in the next verses when the Holy Spirit finally says yes. So let's look at verses 8 to 10. So passing by Mycenae, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So Paul is traveling. They come to the city of Troas. And during the night... While he is asleep, he has a vision. This is more than just a dream because he ate too late and too soon before he went to bed. But it is a vision from God, a miraculous vision. And in this vision, there's a man, and he's standing there. And we're told that he is a man from Macedonia. I don't know how Paul knew he was Macedonia. Maybe when he said, come to Macedonia, I don't know. Maybe he had sort of a southern drawl being from Macedonia. His Greek had a little southern drawl. But, but for whatever reason, he says in this vision, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, what do we make of this miraculous vision? First of all is this, that God had a plan for Paul when he said no previously. That when Paul wanted to go into Asia and wanted to go in Bithynia, it wasn't that God was just being a jerk, but that God had a plan that did not involve Asia and Bithynia. But there was always a plan. There was always a reason that the Holy Spirit said no. 
And I think that's something that we have to take heart because sometimes the Holy Spirit tells us no. And, and a foundation to understanding of how we will respond is that God always has a reason to say no to you. Even if you don't like it. Secondly, what we can learn from this is that the pattern of the Bible, the pattern described in the Bible is that for the gospel to be spread, God always sends a human messenger. So notice the content of the vision. Come over to Macedonia and help us. The reason for the vision is not to be the missionary. The vision is not the missionary. The vision is a way that God sends his people. And God always sends his people to give his message. We saw this with Peter and Cornelius in chapter 10. We saw this with Philip in chapter 8. And we see it here that the purpose of the vision is to send the person. When God uses miraculous means to communicate truth, he uses those miraculous means to send his people. This should remind us of Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. God miraculously entered into time and space with this vision so that the people of Macedonia would have Paul and his team to be their missionaries. So that through them, God would preach the gospel to Macedonia. God sovereignly provides his people to share his message. But what about Asia and Bithynia? I mean, God sends Paul to Macedonia. But what about the places where the Holy Spirit said no? God sovereignly provided Paul to go to Macedonia, but what about Asia and Bithynia? Why send to one but not the others? The question can be answered with the problem of perspective. Just because Paul didn't go to Asia and Bithynia doesn't mean God didn't send anyone else. Just because God chose Paul to go to Macedonia instead of Asia and Bithynia doesn't mean he didn't send others. So let's go to the other place in the Bible where Asia and Bithynia are mentioned. 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter is writing this letter to believers and the first verse of his letter he says this Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion this is one way to talk about believers so he is talking to believers who are spread out in the dispersion 
Let's find out where these people are from. Elect exiles in, of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Just because Paul didn't go to Asia and Bithynia doesn't mean that God forgot Asia and Bithynia. Because by the time Peter writes his letter to the churches in these areas, there is a church in Asia and Bithynia. Just as God sovereignly provided Paul to go to Macedonia, God provided others to go to Asia and Bithynia. God provides his people to go to the different places of the world. And we lose perspective when we think if it's not us going, then no one will go. But we can trust that God always provides his people to go to the places where he sends them. And part of our understanding as disciples of Jesus is understanding that God has sent us to places and has not sent us to other places. Let's read how Paul responds in verse 10. So Paul has this vision of this Macedonian man. He says, come over to Macedonia and help us. Verse 10, And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Paul and his team recognized that God had a call on his life to a specific community at that time. He recognized that God was calling him to Macedonia, not to Bithynia, not to Asia, but to Macedonia. And how does he respond? He responds with obedience and goes to Macedonia. Paul went where God placed him and did the work that he was called to do where God placed him. Well, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us who aren't traditional missionaries in the sense of being sent to another country? Because we might understand that God calls missionaries, full-time missionaries, to countries across the world, and they are to go and to preach the gospel there, just like Paul went to Macedonia. But guess what? Just in the same way that Paul was placed in Macedonia, you are placed right here. We have been placed in this community to share the gospel. That just as Paul was called to Macedonia, if you live on the island, you are called to share the gospel on the island. You are called as a missionary to this island. We need to see here God's sovereign hand of moving his people where they need to be. And if you are here, then you need to be here. And if you are here, God has placed you here for his purpose, to be his minister in this 
community right here. Now that doesn't mean he won't move you later. Paul did not stay in Macedonia for the rest of his life. But he understood that God had a call on his life in that place. And he could know that call in his life because God allowed him to go there. God could have just as easily prevented him from going to Macedonia as he prevented him of going to Asia and Bithynia. And so one of the ways we ask, how do I know where God has called me? Well, if you're there, there you go. Because if he wanted you somewhere else, he'd move you. If he wanted you somewhere else, he wouldn't let you go anywhere else. Right? So, so they were not allowed to go into Bithynia. So if you are here, God wants you here. Because if he wanted you somewhere else, you'd be there. But again, as we think about how to apply this to our lives, we need to think about how do we listen to the Holy Spirit and his direction. Because it is obvious throughout this story that the Holy Spirit is directing Paul and his team. So how do we listen to the Holy Spirit? I'm going to give you five ways that you can be guided by the Holy Spirit in your everyday life. And let me say that, that some of these need to work together and some of these need to be tested by others. We need to figure it out because it's not always easy to know. But let me give you a couple ways. First of all, God can still grant visions. He can still do the miraculous. He can give you a vision in the way that he gave Paul a vision. I don't think this is normal. I don't think you should expect this necessarily, but he can and will if he wants to. This needs to be tested by what God's word says because we know for sure what that says, but God can still do that. Secondly, the Holy Spirit can impress an idea upon you or give you a passion for something. You know, I think when we are sensitive to what the Holy Spirit says to us, I think those are the times where we see someone in need or we see someone in our neighborhood and we feel that impulse to love them and to share the gospel with them. That is from the Holy Spirit and that is something that we should not take lightly. That we should be ready to do the hard things that he calls us to do. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit can speak through other believers. There is power in when we gather as God's people, we are able to speak truth into each other's lives. And we can be a conduit of the guidance of the Holy Spirit through wisdom, through experience, and through just talking together about what we should do. Fourthly, and this is the primary way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us today, 
as he speaks through his word. Let me read to you from Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. It begins this way, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, the Holy Spirit says, the Holy Spirit has a speaking word here. Now, if you read on, after verse 7, there's a quotation. The quotation is from Psalm 95. And so what do we learn from this? That the Holy Spirit speaks through His Word. I think too often we want the fun of a miraculous vision or an audible voice when God has given us His Word that we can access at any time to hear the Holy Spirit speak. And then lastly, how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And I think this is, this is shown in our text for today. That if the Holy Spirit doesn't want it to happen, it's not going to happen. And if the Holy Spirit wants it to happen, it will. Let me tell you one of the prayers that I pray when I'm making a decision. It goes something like this. Lord, this seems like the right thing to do. Again, we test all of our actions by God's word. God, this seems to be the good way forward. This seems to be consistent with your word. And I trust you if it isn't for you to stop it. And to trust that God is in control of my life. And that as I seek to please him, that he and I submit to his freedom to stop me wherever he wants and to say no to me. Again, that thing we don't want to hear. But do you trust God enough to listen to him when he says no? One of the ways that I've seen this in my life is in trying to get a job. One of the ways that God speaks to you is when someone else turns you down for a job. You apply, they say no. Really can't do much else after that, can you? There's a sense in where we trust God with what happens. This happened at, uh, when I was first coming out of seminary. I applied at this, this church. Um, this, this other church. <laughs> I did not apply here. when I, That was, anyway. Um, but it, I was far along in the process. I was their last candidate. I even visited the church, got introduced to the congregation that Sunday morning. And then I had this conversation with the senior pastor during the afternoon. And he didn't like my answer. And he said, this process is over. We're done here. And I was like, okay, I'll go back to class and I'll go back to study for trying to graduate. Um, it was over just like that. And for a while, I really wondered, like, wow, I went through that whole process. I even met the congregation and then it was done. A couple of years later, 
I ran into the pastor that I served with at, at seminary. He was the senior pastor of the church I attended there. And he said, hey, I ran into that guy. And I talked with him and I hung out with him. And boy, that would have been the worst pairing ever <laughs> of you two. Now, I didn't understand at the time. But later, I was able to see God's plan for my life in a more clear way. And I could understand the why. But I had to, in that moment, trust that when God says no, he knows what he's doing. And that eventually he will say yes to something else. Because we are always placed where he wants us. And for whatever reason, maybe it was because me and this guy would just not have gotten along. But God didn't want me there. He wanted me somewhere else. And recognizing that where we are is where God wants us. So we not only listen to the Holy Spirit, we obey the Holy Spirit. When he says, no, you can't go there, we don't go there. When he says, stay here, he's, we stay here. And when he says, go, we go. Because God has sent us to this community. If you're here today, God has sent you here to be his worker in this community to be his messenger of the gospel right here. It's not just by dumb luck that you're here. It's by the sovereignty of God. And thirdly, we not only listen, we not only obey, but our obedience rests in the sovereignty of God. That you can be at peace when you obey God because you know he will take care of of his world. You think about Paul. And if, and if I were him, and I'm sure he did this, he worried about the people of Asia and Bithynia. But he was able to go to Macedonia because he knew that God would send his people to Asia and Bithynia. Or he would send Paul later. And it wasn't so much of a no as a not yet. But when we obey, we trust the sovereignty of God, that he is in control of all things. And so we can listen, so we can hear no and obey that no, knowing that God is in control. So we can be the obedient missionaries in the community that God has placed us. Let's pray. Father God, we praise you for being the God of the universe whose sovereign hand controls all things. God, that we would listen to the Holy Spirit, especially when he says no. And that we would trust your sovereign hand to guide our circumstances in our lives. God, that we would embrace that you have placed us here in this community to be your messengers and that we would be ministers of your gospel where you have placed us and recognize that it is not by happenstance that we are here, but you have sovereignly placed us here 
to reach this community for Jesus Christ. God, that we would be obedient messengers of you, trusting that you have us exactly where you want us. And that we would trust you to say no to what we might want, but yes to what is best for us, for your glory, and for the good of others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.